Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. To all of the families that are represented today, those that have came today to celebrate the dedication of Brooks, Parker James, and Aaliyah, did I say that right? Ayla. My wife corrected me. I said, Ayla. Ren Tillman. We're so honored that you are here for this. I, I call these moments monumental moments because you're going to reflect back over these moments in days and weeks and months to come and you're going to remember the holy covenants that you make among your families and friends and with you and your child. I have thought about this day for some time knowing the weight of responsibility that rests upon my shoulders as a pastor I do not take these moments lightly and those of you when I read this scripture today you all can attest every mother can attest to the scripture that I'm going to read 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 27 and 28 And this will be where I lift my text. For this child I prayed. And the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask of him. Verse 28 says, therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lived there, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. If you will allow me to speak to you from my heart today, many transparent moments will come through this message today. But I do believe the Lord wants to speak directly not only to the parents that have came today to dedicate their children, but to every mom, every dad, every grandparent, every guardian those children that you have a role and an influence in I believe God's going to stir something up in the heart of every one of you today how many would just agree right now with me in the Holy Ghost Father anoint your servant and let the words let the words that you have given me fall upon good ground like precious seed in the hand of the sower allow me to sow the seeds of faith And to every mother and every father and every grandparent, every friend, every guardian, in Jesus' name, everybody say amen. On behalf of this great church, I say thank you to these three families that are represented today. We do not take this moment lightly, but we we take it with much reverence. And we believe that from this moment forward, you will feel the effects of the prayers that will be prayed over your children. Something that 
after 26 years of marriage and three children, all of them grown, and I've got one still hanging around ever so often when she comes home from college, but for the most part, they're grown and gone. So it's in those seasons of reflection and times of holidays and times of trips that I've quickly come to realize after blinking, being famous in my home is probably the deepest desire of my heart, yet the greatest challenge in life. It hit me as I sat right over here. This year I'll turn 49, 49 years. I've lived over half of my life already. If I live to be 70, I've only got 21 more years. It was sobering to think and to really reflect on the, the impact that I've made on my children and made upon my home and the, the lasting legacy that I have to leave to my children. Because I didn't realize when I became the father of three amazing children, really the impact of my life and my choices and my decisions. But the longer I've lived and as time quickly passes through my fingertips, I realize what I do in my home, the legacy I leave in my children, is far more important than pastoring hundreds and thousands of people. Isn't it ironic that it seems we start to get this parenting thing figured out on the day they start leaving? Whether it be by going to college or by working or living on their own or even getting married. The truth about parenting, we will truly never figure it out. You may ask, Pastor, are you sure? I can say emphatically, yes. Why? Because children are moving targets. You think you've got them figured out. You think you know their personality. You think you know how they're going to respond. You think you know how they're going to turn out. But how fast do they go from being a toddler to a teenager to a 20-something? And we're back right to square one and we're holding grandkids today. The truth about parenting, we never truly figure it out. But I do have... Come, I've come to a conclusion. All we can do is learn a few lessons along the way and enjoy the journey. Because there's not a parent in this room that doesn't reflect and remember over their life and how they raised their children that there would be a few things you'd do different. For some, you'd be a little looser, not quite as tight. And others, man, I wish I'd have tightened the belt, and I wish I would have done things a little different. I, I wish I'd have been a little bit more balanced. I, I, my, wife, my wife and I have learned one thing that makes all the difference in the world. This is something I, I know I've said it before, but I'm saying it on behalf of these three families today. Make sure God hears about your family every day. I'm going to say that again. Make sure God hears about your family every day. Many of you parents sit today and both of you have secular jobs. You have schedules which are hectic. And prayer sometimes seems to be something you intend to do. But the business of life 
keeps you from it. But I want to encourage you this morning, mom and dad, parents of these three children today, make sure God hears about your family, even if it's just 30 seconds, even if it's just five minutes, make sure they hear that he hears your children's name in prayer, your family's name in prayer. Can I get a witness and somebody say amen? Before I go on, let me help some parent today. And I speak collectively. Because many times you feel like a failure. You feel like, man, I wish I could get this parenting thing figured out. I wish I was this or I wish I was that. And we look at other parents and we look at other families and we see, man, they, man, they, they got it all together. Well, I've got some bad news, some good news, and some great news. The bad news is this. I always like the bad news first. You're going to make a lot of mistakes parenting. You're going to lose your patience. You're going to lose your temper from time to time. You may even lose your mind a time or two along this journey of parenting. If you feel like a failure at parenting, welcome to most of our worlds this morning. Just take the pressure off. We've all been there. We've all done that. So just take a sigh of relief. If it's been a bad morning today, it's okay. How many, how many else in this room it was a bad morning? You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you got in a fight on the way? No, I don't need to know that either. But some of you had some real intense discussions on the way to church today. Maybe it was what you were going to wear. Maybe it was, my God, I can't... What are we going to do? How are we going to get that? What, what, the bills are due. What are we going to do this week? And before long, you, you, what started out to be a good morning, it was a morning to celebrate the goodness of God, turned into be a bad morning, or so you think. But I do have got some good news. Your worst mistake doubles down as your greatest opportunity. How will your kids ever learn to apologize unless you model it in front of them? Your mistakes give you the opportunity to teach them one of the most important lessons they will ever learn. I'm sorry. It's okay to say, I'm sorry. I messed up. I dropped the ball. I screamed when I shouldn't have screamed. I hollered. I... Sometimes you just have to say, I'm sorry, and swallow your pride and ego. Say, you know what? I'm human too. Please forgive me. I just wonder how healthier our families would be if moms and dads would take the lead role and say, you know what, I'm sorry, I made a mistake today. I'm sorry, I didn't do what I should have done. You know what you're instilling into your children? You're instilling that into them, that when they get in a cruel world, and everyone else is around them, and it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. You're, you're teaching them some foundational principles that even on your worst day, it can become your greatest hour of opportunity to teach and mold them into being a model citizen, Christian, co-worker. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've dropped the ball at work and I've had to say, I'm sorry. You're sorry? That's a foreign concept today. Here are some of the greatest parenting words that you'll ever learn. Three little words. Please. Sorry and thanks. If we can get this into our children, and I could add a few more, no, sir, yes, sir, and if we could remove, no, huh? When an adult speaks, huh? 
I was, I was in, a, in a store the other day, and I, I said, how you, and I called the individual by name, and he said, huh? I, Lord, don't call Steve, huh? I was like, where did you learn that from? Who modeled that? Yes, sir. No, sir. Whether it's a figure of authority, whether it's a mom, a dad, or grandparent, there's something to be said when we instill some of these principles in our children. We're in a woke society. Y'all don't get too quiet on me now. The lines are being blurred. It used to be, and I know this is quite comical, and I may not say it exactly right, but it used to be the birds and the bees. Now the birds want to be bees, and bees want to be birds. And the birds think they're bees, and the bees think they're birds. Uh, Anyway, you'll catch that later on down the line. But there needs to be a strong moral code in every home and in every, uh, every family that we know how we were born and how we were created. Uh, and there is no question uh, that God created he both male and female. That needs to be freshly awoken inside of every home. Not from a woke society that we live in. Not a woke media that's blurring the lines. But a righteous cause of remembrance. That we can still stand strong when the tides are turning. And when the world is shaking. A mom and dad can stand and bulk the tide and say, you know what? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. If all else fails in this life, if we can teach our kids these three words, please, sorry, and thanks, they will be on their way to great relationships, great friendships, and a great relationship with God, and eventually a great marriage. Finally, I told you I had bad news, good news, and now I've got great news. Great news is the fast is almost over. And I stand between you and a filet mignon. No, that's not my great news, Brother Sparks. My greatest news I could tell you is that prayer covers a multitude of sins. I know, Danny, you're holding that precious baby today. And Brooks is being held and Ayla's being held today. You may not have everything right as a parent, and I'm not saying you do or you don't. But there is one thing that we can't afford to get wrong, and that one thing is prayer. You'll never be a perfect parent, but you can be a praying parent. Prayer is the highest privilege of being a parent. And there is nothing you can do that will have a higher return on investment. In fact, the dividends are eternal. When you rock that child and you call his name before the Lord in prayer, he may be running or she may be running a fever or a disease may have wrecked their body. But when you speak the name of Jesus and you understand, God, I'm putting him in the hands or I'm putting her in the hands of what I've realized and I've watched my wife, I've watched my wife take her hair and undo it. And I've seen her lay her hair on our babies. I've seen her lay her hair over my body when I was sick. And you know what it did? It turned an ordinary girl 
into an extraordinary somebody uh, and the prophetic would flow out of her uh, let, listen to me parents uh, when you pray you turn yourself from an ordinary uh, to an extraordinary uh, into a prophet who can shape the destinies uh, of your children your grandchildren uh, and even a generation uh, that follows us I'm looking this morning at a bunch of parents that have the ability through prayer to affect the destiny of your children. This is something that we can't afford not to do. Just as my forefathers made the decision and your forefathers made the decision to come to America. Mine come from Ireland many, many, many years ago. And because of that one decision... Is the reason I'm here today. I don't know your family heritage. I don't know your lineage. I don't know where your descendants came from. But I can tell you. That one decision to pray. Can affect your children's destiny. If you were to map. Our spiritual history. You'll find countless answers to prayer. At key intersections. Along the way of life. Before you were born, before you were ever named, many of you, your parents and grandparents prayed for you. And at critical stages and ages, family and friends have interceded on your behalf. And thousands of strangers have prayed for you in ways that you don't even know. The sum total of all these prayers are what creates our prayer genealogy. It's like our tree of life. And I stand before you this morning and tell you emphatically, every blessing, every breakthrough, every miracle traces to the prayer that was prayed by you and for you. And one of the greatest moments in eternity will be when God peels back the space and time, that space and time curtain and unveils, he unveils the sovereignty by connecting the divine dots between our prayers and his answers. That infinite web of prayer crisscrosses every nation and every generation. And when God finally reveals his strange and mysterious ways. I believe that's what's going to cause us to drop to our knees and say, Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, and which is to come. We will thank Him for the prayers He did answer. We'll thank Him for the prayers He didn't answer. And finally, when we get on the other side, we'll understand better why. I believe we'll thank him for the prayers that he answered that we were not even aware of. I was blessed to have two sets of grandparents in my life, Edgar and Florence French, Maxie and Doris Britt. I was blessed to have them in my life through my mid-30s. They've died and faced off the scene, but their prayers never their prayers never die. They're still living on through me. They're still living on through my children. And they'll live on through their children. And some of you today, grandparents here, Papa Joe, those prayers that you pray for Brooks, they're going to live through him. Brother Bill and Sister Francis, they're going to live through Brooks. They're going to live through Danny. They're going to live through Ayla. The prayers that you pray over these children. God is used 
been so blessed. God has used me across the globe to preach to hundreds and thousands of people, but I can't even put into comprehension when I realize all that I am and all that I ever will be will be because of the prayers of somebody else. Your children today, the children that we are about to dedicate will be highly influenced and affected by the prayers that we pray. I speak collectively to this audience because you sit here and no doubt you're reflecting that you're in a service today because of a praying parent and a grandparent. You may have never heard the prayers yourself, but trust me, there are some prayers that have been bottled up and you're reaping from them today. And I realize that not everyone inherited a prayer legacy from their parents or grandparents like I did, like my wife did. But here's what the Spirit spoke into me this morning. You may not have a pedigree of Pentecost. You may not have a background of a bunch of prayer warriors. But here's what we can do, Brother Jeff and Sister Ashley. What we can do, Brother Danny and Sister Valerie and Brother Wesley and Sister Lindsay. We can leave a prayer legacy for our future generations. We can start now a new tradition. We can start a new tree of prayer. You can begin a new prayer genealogy this morning. That God is stirring a prayer life. I'll never forget moments when our children were small. They were sick in their body and that lady would go in their rooms and pray over them. Oh, they're, they're living those prayers out today. But oh... Your children are living out and will live out your prayers from this day forward in a way they never dreamed. One of the greatest challenges of the day and hour is finding a consistent time and a place of prayer. I know it's not easy when you have kids that play soccer, they play football, they play baseball, they play basketball. They're in gymnastics, they take piano lessons, they participate in the band, they run track and field, and you can add everything in between that may just be one of your children what if you got two or three how do i how do i get a rhythm pastor how do i get in the rhythm of prayer i would suggest today that you start looking at your daily routines it makes sense to pray with your smaller children because you can tuck them in at night i'll never forget madison i'd try to slip in and i'd do it for fun i'd, I'd tell her good night and i'd go out the door real fast. I couldn't leave the room without praying for her. She said, Daddy, come pray, pray. I cherish that now. But with older kids, and as they get older, it's more difficult to tuck them in, but oh, how I wish I could one more time. But Mama, Daddy, you can find a rocking chair. You can find a prayer closet. You can find a prayer room. You can find a car or a truck and call their name before the Lord and say, God, I don't know where they're at. I don't know where they're, what, what state today they're in. I don't know where they're at or what they're doing. But of all the meetings you will have every day, the prayer meeting is the most important meeting you will have each and every day. You may stand before a great man. You may manage. You may manage a whole, a, a, a whole group of people, 
But the greatest meeting you'll have every day is a prayer meeting. It's hectic. It's busy. We're rushing to and fro. But if you can find a consistent time and place of prayer, it will produce something special in your life and in your children. Her name was Susanna Wesley. She gave birth to 19 children. One, nine. 19, not nine, but 19. John and Charles, founders of the Methodist movement, were two of those children. Can you imagine trying to find a quiet place to pray in that house? Now, some of you, you have 10 or 12 or 13 in your house. Some are involved in children's ministry today. I can only imagine how difficult it must be to find a quiet place to pray. However, she didn't let that keep her from praying. She would sit in her rocking chair and put a blanket over herself and sit in the middle of the living room floor and intercede for all 19 of those children. As I read that illustration, immediately our excuses just went away by hearing just this one account. Your children need to see and hear you praying. When you make their beds or fold their clothes, pray for them. I no doubt know my mother, when I was acting, when I was acting out and being a hellion, I know she put a prayer cloth underneath my mattress. She prayed over me every time she would make that bed and she'd put a prayer cloth. And we've done it for our own kids. I'm asking the three families that we're about to dedicate their children and to those that, that are sitting in this room, don't ever minimize the power of a prayer cloth. When you make their beds, when you fold their clothes, when you see their book bags, and you, man, I, they're having a rough time. I'm going to get a prayer cloth and slip it in there, and I just believe the prayers are going to help them. Go into their bedrooms while they're sleeping and just pray and speak the name of Jesus over them. Hallelujah. One thing I have learned, you don't become a praying parent by default. You do it by design, by desire, and by discipline. Spiritual disciplines take sheer determination. But if you will determine today, I'm going to pray around my children every day. When I make that covenant and my commitment. I can shape their destinies. Your prayers will live on after you have been, after you have taken your last breath. There's something that will live further than you. Your prayers for your children is a lasting legacy. It's the lasting legacy you will leave for them. Try to leave them houses, land, money, wealth, toys. But don't forget to leave them a prayer life. I would ask right now, if you would, if I would ask Brother Wesley and Sister Lindsay, Brother Danny and Sister Valerie, and I would love for Brother Jeff and Sister Ashley to bring their precious children. And if we could have one to my right, one in the center, one to my, to my left, if you would bring your child before this altar. This is awesome. Families will be joining in just one second.
I speak on behalf of the child that you hold today. You're holding something that you can't put a value on. But I speak today on behalf of them. Because they can't speak for themselves today. But I'm going to share with you their pledge. This would be what they would say to you, mom and dad. I pledge to become what you make of me. I promise to observe your every action and activity. To follow your example and mimic your walk, talk, attitudes, and habits. I pledge to be influenced by all that you are, both positive and negative. You've not come to my world. I've come to yours. It's all strange to me. I can't speak your language. I know nothing of your laws. And your ways today are beyond my present comprehension. But here's what they would say to you. My needs are simple. I need a balance of love and discipline, spirit and truth, praise and correction, freedom and restraint. And under your guidance, I will add joy and comfort and happiness to all those whose life I chance to touch. That would be their pledge to you. And I believe they would emphatically say, I trust you with my life. And I'm depending on you, mom and dad, to influence me in the proper way. If I could ask the families, if you would come and stand behind these great couples. That's it. You can come. Sister Britt, if you would get the anointing oil. This is so beautiful. I thank you, families, for making the sacrifice to be here today. Many of you drove long distances to be here. And I speak today on your behalf, the families that are gathered. This is a pledge that you will make to these precious, precious children. We as members of your immediate family pledge our undying love and devotion to you. We promise a home life full of godly ideals and principles. We pledge to give proper examples of dedication, commitment, faithfulness, patriotism, Christian conduct that will enable you to make the right decision concerning God and eternity. If you, as the families of these great couples, Agree and make this covenant and commitment. Would you signify it by saying, we will. And if I could have this church stand with these great, with these great families. I, as the pastor of this great church, I stand and make a solemn declaration for everyone that is standing. We pledge ourselves as a church body. We promise in the fear of God and the best of our ability to provide you with a church that practices the apostolic doctrine 
and preaches Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We pledge to give you the kind of atmosphere that will draw you to Christ in worship, sacrifice, dedication, fellowship, and in true fidelity. We pledge to you our very best. If you as the church of the living God make that covenant with me as your pastor, would you in one accord say, we will. We will. If you would just stretch your hands toward this great, these great children and families. My wife and I are going to move through this move through this family and pray a prayer over them and if the men of this church would love to gather behind them and form a circle they're going to feel your prayer as men of God 